0: Welcome to Corbell Career Cast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. Today we are joined by Corbell student Courtney Lamb, who will interview Corbell Alum Piper Darlington, who works for the Colorado Department of Transportation. Courtney, go for it. All right, hi Piper, Thank you so much for doing this for us. We truly, truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me and great, great to meet you, Courtney you as well. So first off, we would just like you to introduce yourself. Um, Basically, the year you graduated from Corbell, what you studied and where you work now and your position. Sure. So yeah,
1: again, my name is Piper Darlington. I graduated in the winter of 2013. And I came to Corbell um, straight out of Peace Corps as a Peace Corps fellow. I um, served in Panama And I was in the international administration program and I focused on microfinance and which is, was kind of continuing my interest for my Peace Corps service, which was focused on small business development, um, specifically women's small business development. So I was very interested in, um, small business lending, um, and microfinance.
0: So that was sort of my focus while I was at Corvallum. Wonderful. That's really interesting. Um, how did you decide to work for Cdot? Did you happen to come upon an actual job opening, or did you hear about Cdot and pursue it that way?
1: Yeah, so more through an informal channel, really. Um, you know, I had been very focused, I had done a during my you know summer in between my first and second year at Corbell, I had done a fellowship in Guatemala with a large microfinance bank called Finca. Um, And so I was very focused on microfinance jobs abroad. Um, So when I graduated from Corbell, I was very focused on, you know, interviewing, pursuing jobs in that field. And while I was at Corbell, I actually worked in the admissions office. And the director of the admissions office at the time knew the CFO at CDOT. He had been, he had actually formerly worked at Corbell. So he reached out to me and just said, hey, Piper, you know, my friend, Scott, he's the CFO at CDOT. And I said, Dot, <laughs> you know, the Department of Transportation. Uh, and he said, yes. Um, and this was around the time that there had been really significant flooding, horrible flooding up, you know, around Estes Park right. US before. Um, and he really needed just a, someone temporarily to help write memos, um, do some research, stand up a um business office for all of the federal dollars that were coming in for flood recovery. Um, so I said, me, like I don't really know anything about transportation. Um, I know we have a gas tax that's probably about it. Um, but you know, I went in. I said, you know it would allow me to continue job searching. It was just a temporary position. I knew that I knew how to write. I knew I could research, um, you know, so maybe it didn't matter that I didn't know too much about transportation going into it. so Uh, yeah, basically it was just through kind of those informal channels really. Uh, so I started as a temp really at CDOT in the office of financial management and budget supporting, um, the chief financial officer and the budget director. So I did a lot of memo writing for the transportation commission, which is sort of the governing board of, of CDOT, uh, a lot of research, uh, I put together, uh, an office. I ordered office furniture. I, um, you know, did a lot of auditing um, of flood costs to make sure they were federally eligible. So I kind of did a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. Um, But it was a great learning opportunity for me. I went to all of the Transportation Commission meetings where, as you know, probably Courtney, that's where you're really learning about you know, policy and things that are driving that that organizational change at CDOT. So I learned a lot about CDOT's priorities, the state's priorities. Um, learned a lot about the transportation budget, how transportation is funded, um, and where those dollars were going, um, kind of based on those those high priorities. So I sort of found myself, you know, not looking for jobs anymore in the microfinance field. Um, and there really weren't many, to be honest with you, when I graduated. So I sort of approached my boss at the time and said, you know, I really like working here. I'm learning a lot. Um, I've been given staff level work to do. Um, You know, I just felt I loved the people I was working with. So I kind of just asked around, you know, if there was anything open that I might be a good fit for, because I basically had been on a job interview for nine months as a temporary employee um, and had really gotten to know a lot of the branch managers, a lot of the staff on my, um, obviously my team, but on other teams. So I kind of started going to some informal coffees and seeing what was out there. And it just happened that a um, budget analyst position for the enterprises, uh, which are technically government-owned businesses that operate um, like a division within CDOT, they were, they were hiring for an, an analyst and I applied and uh, got the job. So I started on the CDOT budget team as a budget analyst.
0: That's really, really cool. I I also think that's such a good example of the connections we have with different Corbell alumni and people who have worked at Corbell around just the state of Colorado. We know there's plenty at the federal level as well, but we have a lot locally that you can reach out to and that can help you in this next step. And you spoke of the federal dollars coming in, and they really need you to help with that. So I think that's a good way to bring us to the conversation of how. A lot of Corbell students think of federal level jobs coming out of Corbell and maybe moving to D.C., but um, CDOT is where you can actually implement those federal dollars into real-life experience and actually see them in motion, state-level government, not just CDOT, but all state-level government. So speak a little bit about that and how, um, how you've seen that play out. Yeah, that's a really interesting
1: question. I think working at the state level um, has been really fascinating for me, you know, the um, the Colorado Transportation Investment Office that I support, uh, they are very unique to the state of Colorado, and they are very focused on, um, you know, obviously achieving those federal, federal and state goals, uh, but really focused on, um, you know, aggressively pursuing pursuing innovative ways to implement projects. So. Um, that means public-private partnerships, that means, um, you know, accessing financing tools that are, you know, through tolling. So there is some very innovative ways that um, my department is really trying to help CDOT achieve its mission, right, which is to provide the best multimodal um, transportation system that, you know, efficiently and safely moves people. But, you know, really, those some of those Goals coming down at the federal level, right? You know, promoting EVs, greenhouse gas reduction, you know, express lanes, which is what my group is really focused on implementing around the state. If you ever drive in the mountains and you take um, the mountain express lane if it's open, or you drive on I 25 North, um, or maybe you drive through Central 70 on your way to the airport where they are, you know, reconstructing, um, you know, a, a viaduct and lowering the roadway. I mean, those are all projects that have been delivered through the Colorado Transportation Investment Office because of these innovative tools that we have available to us. So I think in a lot of ways, Colorado is really a model, um, you know, and we do have a lot of attention from the federal level because of the various ways that we are pursuing projects, um, which is which is pretty which is pretty unique. Um, so I would say, yeah, we you're always focused on, you know, what are what are the state's goals? Um, but certainly how are we helping achieve those larger federal goals, specifically related to, you know, promotion of EV adoption um, and greenhouse gas reduction.
0: Absolutely. And you did mention those tra- Transportation Commission meetings where you speak of policy. So it sounds like even policy majors would have a really great pathway into getting some great experience at the state level through CDOT. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and
1: I have definitely other fellow alums, peers who I, who I hired, who came out of the, the policy program who could go on. We have a whole policy office, right, that they may comment and review proposed legislation. Coming out of the state legislature, how would it impact CDOT? Right, we have fiscal analysts who are looking at what would be the financial impact of a proposed piece of legislation. So, absolutely, I think there is so much opportunity if you are, a, you know, a policy junkie, if you are interested in that. Um, you know, yeah, we have an entire office that is dedicated to uh public policy, um, you know, both kind of the financial implications of policy and. Um, you know, just the, the the larger implications to Cdot's mission and vision. Uh, so yeah, I think it would be a super interesting time, especially with you know the with Senate Bill two hundred and sixty and the new greenhouse gas reduction um, rules, and especially the mandates for more equity. You know, the creation of the equity environmental you know justice branch too. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting policy discussion focused on kind of those um, equity goals as well. So. I think if you're a policy person, it's a great time to get into transportation because there's a big nexus there with a lot of other topics um, that I think core are are probably interested in.
0: Yeah. And a lot of our students are also pursuing the environmental change and adaptation certificate as well. We also have a new environmental major. And I don't think CDOT is front of mind when you think of where you would go with that new um, experience or all the learning we are doing in that field. but. CDOT does seem to be um, at the forefront of reducing greenhouse gas emissions because transportation um, is usually one of the highest causes of greenhouse gases per state and also in the country. So um, do you see um, with Senate Bill 260, have you seen a lot of changes in the way CDOT has changed projects or changed their way of um, planning for the future?
1: That's a good good question. I mean, right. I mean, a lot of that stuff is still sort of being being implemented or, or analyzing how those are going to impact, you know, the, you mentioned the four-year plan, the 10-year plan, um, you know, specifically, right. My group, um, CTIO, the Colorado Transportation Investment Office, you know, are, you know, we are very focused on, you know, implementing express lanes throughout, you know, mostly the metro area, right. Because they are a tool that can help CDOT, um, you know, improve throughput, reduce idling, you know, improve um, access to transit because those lanes, um, you know, bus stand can travel for free on US 36. You know, there's, um, you know, a big promotion of transit, you know, you having a more reliable trip if you're using transit, because you can access an express lane. So I think, you know, we are very focused on helping the state, you know, through that lens, right, express lanes are a tool that the state is using to kind of help achieve those targets. So not every project obviously has express lanes, um, but certainly it is a way that the state is um, helping to achieve those targets, right? If it's if it's a project where an express lane um, you know, could be a good tool to help manage traffic, manage transit, promote transit, especially along I-25, you know, um, I-70 in the mountains, I-270, you know, some of those few C470 um there's no transit on C470, but there is an express lane. So I think, you know, our our nexus there is, how can we help the state achieve these goals through the use of express lanes? And that's really kind of what my group and my work has been mostly focused on.
0: Wow, that is really interesting. So there, it just sounds like there's uh, many, many different things you could do, um, even working at headquarters there in Denver. There are so many different departments and so many different ways you could work at CDOT and uh, use a Corbell degree. Um, I know one thing that all students are interested in, in every job, is what the office culture is like, what the work culture is like um, after COVID, um, how many people work in office, remote, Um, so I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's been an interesting time for you as well, Courtney, to start. Um, You know, I have been at CDOT for, you know, uh, around six years, so certainly I was there sort of pre-COVID and we were, you know, in office culture where, you know, you went in five days a week, Um, you know, now with the new um, flexible, you know, work policy that the state has implemented, I think, you know, we basically all went remote for, you know, a year plus and people really wanted that. This, you know, I think it really forced the state to offer more flexible options. Um, And I think that's going to even just make it a more attractive employer. So, you know, because we have this new flexible work Ability to work more flexibly now, um, and that's been enshrined in a policy. Um, it's sort of up to your um, uh, your manager, really. So my group, um, we work in the office two days a week. Um, we're in there every Tuesday, and then we can pick the second day. You know, certainly there's the expectation if you have a reason to be in the office, you should be there. You know, um, so oftentimes, um, you know, we'll all we will all be there for board meetings in person. As well, um, CTIO also has its own board, which some of those members are are dual transportation commissioners, CTIO board members. So, you know, certainly there's the ex- expectation there that if you need to be in the office, you're going to be. But at a minimum, it's two days a week. Um, so, honestly, that's been really nice. Personally, I'm not someone who wants to be 100% remote. I do like I have a pretty small team, and so we all really like the kind of in-person collaboration, the kind of discussions that happen. Um, you know, over you know, after meetings or kind of just in in our office space. Um, you know, obviously we do that a lot via Google Chat or just hey, can I send you a, a quick you know Zoom call or you know. But um, I do personally like the the flexibility that the state has kind of gone with because we basically showed that we can be remote and still be if not more productive in some ways, right? Because We're not commuting. We have more time at home. So I think it's been really a great thing. Um, I can't speak for other teams. I know, you know, it seems like other teams are are sort of on the same schedule. You know, there's there's some empty offices some days, some days there's people there. But um, I think, you know, this sort of hybrid model of sometime in the office, sometimes not is going to be around for for a while.
0: Yeah, I think so too, and I'm yeah. glad to I'm glad to hear that uh, government office recognizes the value of giving people that work life balance and letting them decide uh, the schedule that works best for them and how they work. So that's really really good to hear. And would you say that most new employees start at the temporary um, nine month position that you did, or do you see a lot of new employees either out of undergrad or graduate degrees? Um, coming in to full-time positions?
1: Boy, that's a great question. You know, I would say it's probably a mix, but recently a lot of the newer employees that I have met specifically, I you know, mainly um, the people that I sort of interface a lot with are on within the division of accounting and finance. So a lot of entry-level budget analyst jobs, you know, there's been a few recent hires for that. Um, so those are full-time positions. So I do think Um, you know, especially as we talked about with Senate Bill 260, like there is a need now for more employees to help, you know, manage these programs, deliver on federal, federal dollars that are coming in. Um, so recently I have met a lot of people who are coming in, um, whether it's straight out of undergrad or grad school, um, into full-time positions that have been advertised. Um, I haven't met too many folks recently who are either temporary or interns, but I know C. CDOT, CDOT does have a very robust internship program. Um, and that really, again, you know, don't be scared off by the word intern because all of the interns I've met are doing staff level work, very important work. You're not just making coffee, um, you know, or filing if that even exists anymore, but, um, so don't, don't, I would say if you see something that's labeled intern or temporary, you know, at, at, at any state agency or especially CDOT, you know, don't be turned off by that because oftentimes divisions or um, state departments often have hiring caps for permanent full-time employees. And so they will often post jobs as, as a temporary because there's not those same restrictions. But once you're sort of in, in the, the system at the state or you've been hired, It's much easier to move around between agencies or once you're there, you can learn a lot more about the various divisions at headquarters or even at the region offices and learn, you know, maybe, okay, hey, maybe I should ask over here. Maybe there could be an opportunity coming up that's not posted yet. So my one piece of advice would be if you see something that says temporary or intern and it sounds interesting, don't let that be a deterrent at all because oftentimes that is just your in Um, you know, to CDOT or any other state agency, and oftentimes that is their way to kind of often get around sometimes hiring caps that they may have. So um, lately I've seen a lot of full-time hires, but certainly temporary employees and interns as well, kind of a mix of both, I would say.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Um, one thing I have to ask before we finish is what types of skills classes do you think are important for a career at CDOT? I'm assuming project management would be one of them. <laughs> um, but can you think of any others that might be um, good for state level government? Yeah, You know, I, thinking back to kind of when I was in school,
1: I did take some um, policy classes um, that were focused on sort of government policy, government management, um, which were interesting. I Definitely would recommend, you know, any kind of if there's a nexus with any finance budget um, classes, you know, maybe they're new that have been added, definitely take those. I found the, um, the classes where we were looking at, um, you know, social research, where you were having to learn, you know, SAS or statistical analysis, um, even though I'm not doing, st- you know, direct statistical analysis, I deal a lot with financial models. And so I think any opportunity you have to deal with modeling, working with data, working with financial data, um, is really going to be a benefit um, to anyone who is kind of looking for a state job. But again, I'm looking that I'm kind of in that world, but I think that's that's helpful no matter kind of what area you're looking to go into. But definitely, you know, any kind of policy statistical analysis—if you can kind of get get some of those skills. Um, or familiarity with just kind of how government works, I think that would be super helpful.
0: Right. And at the interview process, if you're interviewing someone new, I'm assuming you would look for those types of classes on their resume or um, on their CV showing that they have had experience looking at models and trying to decipher them and they know what that means.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know what, honestly, I have been on a lot of hiring panels recently, and we did have a few um, Corbell grads or, you know, current students who had worked at the party center or, you know, other areas where they did have a lot of experience kind of working with data. Um, And obviously, you know, Corbell is creating great writers. And I always, a cover, I personally still really focus on a cover letter because we do a lot of writing, a lot of memo writing, um, how are you, how are you succinctly conveying information, whether it's to stakeholders, whether it's to the Transportation Commission, um, is really important. So I, you know, I, I writing skills, I, that is something Corbell just ingrained in me. Um, and I end up being the person on my team that does a lot of writing, a lot of presentations, a lot of how are we framing this? How are we explaining this? This might be a difficult concept. So how do we, um, what are the key points here that we want to reiterate? So. Um, I would say, you know, don't slouch on the writing because it is very important. And I um, I have definitely sat on a few hiring panels recently where a cover letter, you know, can kind of make or break how your what your first impression is, you know, in addition to those skills that you listed. But I still think that um, is a really important skill to bring to CDOT because you're you're going to be valued for that skill um, on your team.
0: Absolutely. We do have a professor at Corbell who told us that new hires are hired because of skills but kept on and moved up because of their writing so I think that's um that's really good to know and it sounds like Corbell is actually preparing everybody very well for a job at a place like CDOT so it's very encouraging um again thank you so much for doing this today and I think this will be very valuable for all the students past present future um, to hear about what you can do with their Corbel degree right here in the beautiful state of Colorado. Yeah I'm <laughs> no, happy, to, happy to be on and
1: you know please feel free to pass on my contact information I'm you know an open door happy to you know answer any questions or be a resource to to any students who are you know curious about um, about CDOT. Wonderful thank
0: you so much. Yeah thank you. Well, thank you so much, Courtney and Piper, for joining us today for this conversation. I think it was really interesting to find out how many opportunities at CDOT are great for Corbell students, particularly those who are interested in policy um, and environment and sustainability. So thank you again, and we hope that you will all join us next time on Corbell Career Path.